Rosenberg, and welcome to our podcast. Uh, I'll be your host, and my guest, as always, is the amazing Rabbi Alon Tolwin. Good afternoon, sir. I'm impressed. Good afternoon. <laughs> and uh, today's topic, I want to talk about gossip. And the reason I want to talk about gossip is because as a lifelong non-practicing Jew, gossip was something that is tolerated in our society, and it's considered kind of cute. There are gossip columnists back from the 1940s on to the Rona Barretts of the world and, and Walter Winchell and up to today. Gossiping is, is considered in America, in American society, I think, largely, to be no big deal. It's... um. It's a minor infraction at at worst for a lot of people. And I didn't know how to think about it. And when we started studying it in class, uh, I got a, a, a slap in the face from, from Judaism, you know. Um, Judaism has a, a much different take on gossip. Right. Go- gossip in the language of the Talmud is called triple speech and it's called triple speech because it kills three people kills (laughs) k-i-l-l-z kills three people the speaker the listener and the subject uh it's serious words are bullets you can't take them back it's not just fun no it's it's, not just entertainment no it's well let's put it this way someone once asked me how safe would you feel if you could have the confidence in knowing that no one was going to talk about you behind your back? That's interesting, but I don't, I don't live my life worrying about that. Am I just a lucky man? Yes. Well, I would say you're blessed. Blessed. Okay. Yeah, right. right. That's fair. Um, because how many people do? I don't know. Is that something that's common? It's. I get the impression that people are always concerned with how they appear to others. They don't want to be in the wrong place. They don't want to be wearing the wrong clothes. They don't want to be saying the wrong thing. Well, you know? hmm. there's, a, there's a concept um, of thresholds. There are people who don't have much of a threshold and they don't need to wait for other people to act before they do. I was at a ball game last week with Janet and the Tigers pitched a team no-hitter. You ever hear that concept? No. Yeah, pitchers don't pitch a complete game anymore. They, they pitch a certain number of pitches, and they take them out because they want to save their arm for the uh-huh. long run. So this guy had a no-hitter going. They pulled him out in the seventh inning, and two other pitchers finished it. It's the first team no-hitter in the 130-year history of the Detroit Tigers. Wow. So we're at the last out, and... I look around the stadium and many people are standing up applauding because it's, it's exciting. It's the last out of a no-hitter. And in our section, we had been given some incredible tickets. We were with the fancy people. Nobody was standing up. I stood up. I, I stood up. I looked around and I, I raised my arms. I go, come on, get up. And like a hundred people got up. Not that I'm some great leader, but there are people who wouldn't have been me in that moment. They wouldn't stand up and go, Somebody's got to get these people up off their seats. So I don't, I don't have that threshold. 
So I consider myself blessed. Do I care what people are talking about me? I suppose I do, but I try to live my life in such a way that I don't care if they, they're only reflecting on themselves if they say something ridiculous. That's true. But in your line of work, all someone has to say is, you know what? He sold me a policy, but I think he was looking to see how much he would gain versus how much I would gain. And then strike one and you're out. I suppose. I mean, the amount of damage that can be caused by thoughtless, careless, or just hurtful speech is unbelievable. Because no, we have to we have to say that this concept, lush and horror, is what it's called in Hebrew, it breaks onto different categories. And there's one is just direct lying or misrepresentation about somebody, their reputation. Let's define lush and horror. Uh, what does it literally mean? Lush and horror means literally the speech of the evil. It doesn't mean evil speech. It means the speech of those who are evil. So anybody who gossips is evil? Yeah, because they're, it's not a definitive sense evil, but it's evil in the sense that they've taken an evil position. Aren't they engaged in an evil act? It doesn't mean... Yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't mean they are evil, but they, they are, they've taken the position of the evil. They're speaking from the bad side at that moment. It's right. like it's like the, uh, the 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 classic joke. The guy says to his wife, "I didn't call you. A mm, I just said you were acting like a mm. right." Exactly. But this is serious. Now we're saying they're doing something that's evil. They're saying something evil. This is the evil. It's you said it's not the evil speech. It's the speech of an evil person. Yeah, because again, speech speech is evil. It's not not that the speech is evil. It's it, it also uh, oftentimes depends on the, on the intent of the individual. So it depends where they're coming from. Well, the intent is often just to pass time, just to have something to say. Right. So Maimonides says that that is actually called a peddler. I think there's a similar concept in English also. I can't remember the word right now, that you peddle a gossip monger, right? Okay. There's a fishmonger who sells fish, and there's a gossip monger who just sells gossip. They have nothing better to do except talk about someone else. You know, there's a famous bumper sticker that says that great people talk about ideas, medium people talk about things, and small people talk about people. It's it's um it's a very cathartic way of making myself feel better than the next guy, or making myself feel like I'm accomplishing something. It's the fascinating thing. Another aspect about gossip is the symbol of gossip in the Talmud is the snake because the snake doesn't have taste buds and it eats and it doesn't really get benefit. When you think about it, when I mean, you it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't taste good. When you, right. When you say it doesn't get benefit, you know. I mean, it doesn't have the benefit of the taste. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And and the Talmud says, when you think about it, when you gossip, you're not really gaining anything. It doesn't really. All it is is just a a um, a sensation, but there's no real taste involved. You don't gain anything by doing it. So is it simple enough to say, don't gossip, don't talk about people behind their backs? Yes. Sometimes there's a reason. Somebody you you need to watch out for this person because they're not they're not upstanding person in in business. And uh, he, he doesn't and, pay his bills. Right. And Jewish law says um the Hebrew is Kabdeva Hashteo, which means 
respect but suspect. If you're in a position where you can save somebody from immediate harm because you know that the guy's a swindler, you got to tell him. And it could seem like gossip, but it's not. If you becomes, don't, well, if you don't have actual proof, you just know it, right? Because you you've been you've been through it, or you saw him do it to somebody else, right? Hearsay doesn't work with this. What do you mean hearsay doesn't work? Someone told me that this guy isn't so honest. That's not good enough. I don't think you so. Gotta, you have to know. You got to know. I mean, you're about to ruin someone else's reputation, uh, take away a business deal. You better be pretty damn sure that what you're saying is right. Otherwise, it's going to land square on your shoulders. I don't want to take responsibility for someone's loss of income because I heard from someone else. Who knows how honest that person is? Now, also, it's a matter of using your, your brains. I mean, someone that you trust intimately says, listen, I've dealt with that guy before and he's a swindler. And you know that you have a history with this fellow. So you say, I heard from my friend who I trust that this guy you're about to enter into business with is a swindler. Okay. Caveat emptor. So, so the, uh, the Talmud says, the Torah says, don't gossip. So that means, number one, I shouldn't say something false about somebody behind their back. But that's not it. That's not all there is to it. Don't say something true about the person either again. Well, unless say something positive. Oh, of course. But you know, here it gets a little nu- a little nuanced. If you know that I don't like Jerry, and you're going to come and say something to me, you know that guy Jerry, he's really a good guy. And then I say, yeah, you might think so, but I know for a fact that he beats his wife. You've just caused me to speak gossip. So it's my fault. It becomes your fault. It's fascinating. I was fishing for it. Right. I was and being a, a tumbler. Right. A tumbler. The, the, the law of gossip is profound because it puts a regulator on all human interaction. What do you mean? I have to be careful what I say to you because it might trigger you to say. Words, I have to be aware of where you're at. I can't just say something because I feel like saying something. I can't even say something good. Because I have to know what your relationship is to that other person. It really comes down to what's the whole purpose of speech? You know, that which separates us from animals is the ability to think and articulate ideas. So it's this gift from God. So we can talk about fall fashion. Whoa, that's important. I mean, it's important to some people, but that is the godly gift that separates you from animals and you're going to squander it on talking about clothes? How about sports? How about food? But that's not gossip. It's not gossip, but it, 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 it kind of infuses us or it should infuse us with a certain consciousness of how do I want to use this gift? Let me use this gift in a way which will be most effective and productive. If I would think every time I open my mouth, is this making the world a better place or not? So you can say, listen, talking about what I had for supper last night doesn't hurt the world. You're right. It doesn't hurt the world, but it doesn't make the world any better. So if we can kind of infuse ourselves with this sense, I'm not going to open my, open my mouth and say something if it's not going to be informative, inspirational, not self-centered, and okay. we could get people to 
kind of move like that. I mean, it's an extremely idealistic position. Right. You're, you're saying let's let's elevate speech. Let's, let's elevate speech. Let's, let's think it through before we say it, and let's not say it if it's not moving the conversation in a, a, a meaningful or positive direction. Right. Okay, but as far as gossip, there's more. Now there's even more. So you can't say something that's true about somebody, even if it's even if it's even if it's positive. Even, okay. If you think it might trigger a negative response in the other person. Okay. And and of course you shouldn't lie about somebody, right? And if somebody says something that you know is is false. You have a responsibility to to uh, set the record straight, or is, are you are you kind of gossiping at yeah, that point? Oh, you great. know what? He's not such a bad guy. You know, right? Great, great, great point. Basically, what you got to do is again, it's situational, but sometimes you have to just ignore it. You know, thank you very much. Next, walk away. Yeah, walk away. Um, I know people who who very bluntly say, you know, if you're going to tell me something about someone else, I really don't care to listen. Sure. You know, I mean, that could be really confounding. But Well, there's a, there's a little um, holier-than-thou attitude yeah. to that, which is another thing that I would love to talk about, because if I'm, this is a good transition to it, if if I'm saying, yeah, I, I can't be part of this conversation. I don't like where it's headed. I'm, I'm sorry, you guys, but... I'm going to go. Uh... Yeah. So again, that's also so situational because if you say that to a bunch of close friends, they might say, you know what, Gary, you're right. You know, let's change the subject. But then it might just cause someone to say, what? You think you're so holy? And then you've caused them to say, lush and horror about you, gossip about you. So it, it really demands such an incredibly sensitive awareness of not just what we say, but the impact of our words. It's 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 mind-boggling. The is concept there, is mind-boggling. Is there a Jewish version of the the old joke about the 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 janitor is cleaning up in the in the church and the the priest is there and he's he's on his knees and he thinks he's alone and he says, you know, oh God, I'm I'm nothing in your presence. I am nothing, you know, and I'm just a little man, blah, blah, blah. And and at that moment the the bishop walks in and he thinks he's alone, and he, he you know the joke? And, no, keep going. And he's, and he's, he, he's down on his hands and knees, and he's, he's talking about how, how nothing he is compared to the Lord, and uh, the janitor, next. And the, the priest looks over at the bishop and says, hmm, look who thinks he's nothing. <laughs> is, is there a Jewish version of that? There is. Actually, it's very clever. It takes a little introduction. In Europe, there were two schools that emphasized the ethical studies of Judaism, not just the legal and the the intellectual. One was called Navardak, and the other one was called Slobodka. In Navardak, they they got people thinking about themselves in terms of being lowly in the presence of God. So you're so lowly, how can you ever have the audacity to do anything wrong? You know, to to transgress the words of the Creator. In Slobodka, they taught about the grandeur of humans. You are created in God's image, God's image. Hmm. And as such, you are so great, you're greater than the angels. 
It's beneath your dignity to do something wrong. So in Slobodka, they would say, I am great, but he is greater. In the Vardic, they would say, I'm a nothing, but he's a bigger nothing. <laughs> so those things both exist? Is, is, is one of them out of favor now? or uh... No, they're, it depends on the individual. If you have a guy with a low self-esteem, don't teach him he's nothing. <laughs> you want to build him up. So the, those are chocolate and vanilla. Not, yeah. There isn't the ones wrong. There's no, there's no, right. no, absolutely. So, okay, so these rules are written down where about, about uh, gossip? Oh, boy. They start in the Bible. It's biblical. Several of the 613 commandments deal with gossip. Um. Included in gossip in the 613 are not to be verbally abusive or oppressive. So it's not even behind someone's back, but it's even if you're in a position of power, you can't exercise power over someone. If you're someone's boss, you're not allowed to yell at them. Anything that diminishes a person's self-esteem is prohibited. You have to be extra sensitive about the self-esteem of Widows, orphans, converts, people that might be walking around with some chip on their shoulder because of background in their life. You have to be aware. It goes into some of the beautiful consciousness which is around today. Um, I remember one day when my youngest son was like six or seven years old and um, might have been a little old, it makes no difference, but there was this dream baseball league of kids that are uh, have severe handicaps. And he said that he's going to go and volunteer to help kids that are more perfect to play baseball. And I thought that was gorgeous. What does he mean by that? Oh, they're... They, he didn't want to say they were handicapped. And I he see. didn't want to say that they were less than he was, less perfect. So he said, I want to, I'm going to be helping out a league of kids that are more perfect than we are. Uh, that was a beautiful consciousness. It, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but it's not um, a very precise. Of course, he's a kid. He was a kid, but it was just a, it was well, a consciousness he picked up in school. But my point is, again, it's biblical on all different levels, not to gossip, not to tell lies about people, not to f- testify falsely in court, and not to be oppressive verbally. And then... Of course, it carries through to the oral law, and there's quite a bit written, and it goes into the code of Jewish law. And recently, there's been a resurgence of books, basically, whose titles are like Pure Speech, Guard Your Tongue, Love Your Neighbor. Uh, And they, I would say, you've got thousands and thousands of pages written on how to create the consciousness that's required to speak properly, appropriately, constructively, whatever word you want to use, about the other person, if it's needed at all. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned 613 commandments. Uh, uh, I've, I've, I've heard of the 10. Uh, <laughs> 613 commandments sounds like a lot of commandments. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that life as an automaton? To just that, there's a rule for everything, and I just follow the rules, and my life is great, 
And I don't have to make any decisions. Who needs free will when you've got 613 commandments? That sounds like there's a command for everything. Should you put the chocolate syrup in before you put the milk, but when you're making chocolate milk, or put it in after? Which is there a commandment? It's rabbinical. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, there's no rule. Um, first of all, that's a great topic for another podcast. It really is. It's a big topic. But I think the short of it is, we need rules. Uh, if you take a look at, you go go to a law library and take a look at the law library, and the law library dwarfs Jewish law. Jewish law has general guidelines that cover most circumstances, most situations, and then it's up to you to learn and apply. And that's the way I would do it. I think it fosters much more creative living. A lot of the books that are written are bringing up situations that you might not have thought of. Oh, I didn't know that that gossip would apply in situations. Like what we were saying before, saying something positive about somebody to someone who's his enemy. Oh, I wouldn't have thought that I have to or, worry. Or, or there's something positive that you say about a third party and the person that you're talking to feels inside that he knows that's an area he's deficient in. Yeah. So you'd have to be sensitive to that. Right. That's a lot of sensitivity. Are the Jews a sensitive people? You know, that's our goal. Also, one other word about the uh, the 613. I don't want to be an apologist. But of the 613, only about 250 of them apply nowadays. But then if you look at life from beginning to end... All the various roles, the characters that we have to play, kid, teenager, friend, cousin, father, brother, husband, wife, grandfather, employee, employer, 250 rules is not a lot. It really isn't. I guess if if they're all, if they're about specific situations. Yeah, do not steal. Well... Do not gossip. Uh, you wouldn't you know, get 613 like that. These have to be much more specific. You'd be surprised. But then, you see, what, if you, truth be told, that if you're not really familiar with the, with the overall concept and context, then they do sound like picayune details. It's like, what the heck is it? Like, don't wear wool and linen together. Well, I know that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It doesn't. I wouldn't wear. A, you shouldn't wear a motorcycle jacket with shorts. There. Okay. That's that's a more important rule than linen and, and, and wool. <laughs> What's with linen and wool? What's the problem? Another podcast. Oh, it's it's it's. There's all sorts of things. There's there's a whole category of laws which are paradoxical. They don't necessarily make sense. And maybe they don't need to make sense because life doesn't always make sense. And we have to learn how to live with the nonsensical. That's part of it. It's, it's, it's a different kind of consciousness that, that Judaism kind of touches on. Well, I was discussing with a friend of mine some of the new rules of baseball. They've changed a lot of their rules. And uh, he was... Uh, he's a huge baseball fan and knowledgeable 
played at a fairly high level, like AAA, you know, just a level below the major leagues. And he says, umpires make mistakes. It's part of the game. You know, if they make a mistake, they make a mistake. You live with it. It's a game. Move on. Even though a mistake can be the difference between one team going to the playoffs and another team is done for the year. It can be millions of dollars in lost revenue because he called somebody out at first base. And if they watched the replay, they'd see he was safe. But my friend says, yeah, live with it. Yeah. So what does it have to do with the change of laws? Well, you were saying that um, um, sometimes sometimes there are things in life that that, that just happen and, and you have to oh. live with, with the consequences. Right, right. Okay. Even if they're not... Yeah. Exactly what you think they should be. Right. Yeah. So God says, don't wear wool and linen. You don't get it? Too bad. Okay. So we, well, we don't know how God thinks. Exactly. We don't know why he says that. Right. It may be something that we can guess, but we might be wrong. Right. And the bottom line is the moment we can figure out what God wants, what his reasons are, then we are he. <laughs> right. Well, we can figure out what he might, what his intention might be. Um, some kind of rationale, some kind of consciousness. In this particular case, wool is from the animal kingdom and linen is from the plant kingdom. And there are actually quite a few, let's just call them ecological rules in Judaism that develop, try to develop within us a strong consciousness, consciousness of ecology and environment. The plant kingdom and the animal kingdom are separate, and we need to be aware of that separation. I don't know why necessarily, but it's an interesting concept just to mull over. Is it possible that that commandment is meant to keep us cognizant that the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom are different, are separate, and should be so in our consciousness? It may not be that that they're going to make sparks and start a fire— you know. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm okay. saying. You know, so again, so we, we can never, yeah, we can never answer the why, but right. we can always address. And actually, Maimonides says it's incumbent upon us as thinking human beings to ask, "What's the point?" Because what's the point is oftentimes very personal. It could mean one thing to me and one thing to you, and the two of us will sit down and schmooze about it. And hey, I like your idea better. Okay, you know it triggers another level of consciousness of appreciation all right well uh i think we're we're out of time for this podcast i just have to mention one thing please one of my favorite george harrison songs has to get a plug the devil's radio where he refers to gossip as air pollution most foul uh thank you rabbi i'll see you next time thank you skeptic we'll see you next sure (laughs) well thank you for joining us we've reached the end of another enjoyable podcast at least i liked it and i hope you did too questions for the rabbi email me at ga444re at gmail have a great week <laughs>